welcome you to Coffee for Scalers, uh, the only podcast where you can actually look at people in online video who scale businesses. I'm delighted to have Jim, who uh, is the GM and SVP of VidCon. And VidCon, for anyone who works in online video, is the biggest conference in online video. And uh, yeah, Jim has uh, been at VidCon, where uh, the company was acquired by Viacom. He's at Revision 3 before that, which was bought by Discovery. Seems like there's a bit of a habit of broadcasters buying companies Jim works at. Um, but with that, uh, yeah, how are you, Jim, first of all? Doing good, doing good. We're, um, you know, it's been a long pandemic, but we're finally getting back to doing real VidCons in person, which we're so looking forward to. Um, beyond that, you know, look, life is good. What can I say? Oh, good, good, good. And did I miss anything there, about, Jim, about your background? Or is that how you'd kind of summarize your career to date for the audience? Yeah, that's good stuff. I mean, before that, I was involved in media, and I'm actually kind of a geek. I was editor-in-chief of PC Magazine and helped launch oh, yeah. a cable network called tech tv that was all about technology that was on tv yeah which became which tech as a genre on youtube as well as massive isn't it I've yeah well youtube TikTok, yeah. everywhere i mean the tech subgenre is really interesting yeah yeah fascinating so okay so today we're going to talk about like scaling businesses and online video and i think with the online video piece both of us are very passionate about that space so we'll start with the scaling piece if that works for you mm -hmm. um yeah, and scaling uh, VidCon and Revision 3, I guess, first of all, can you get, give a bit of a background about like uh, the size of those businesses? Well, I mean, each of those businesses were, you know, started up very small, right? So, of course, businesses start small, but the first VidCon was in Los Angeles in 2010 with 1,400 people uh, at the uh, under, you know, basically underground at what was then the Century City Hyatt. And yeah. it grew to, I think, 2019, the last time we did a VidCon face-to-face, about 75,000 people attending. So you can see that's a big business. But at the same time, we started rolling it out around the world. So in 2019, we did shows in Australia. We did shows in London. You know, you've been at those. Yeah. We were planning uh, Abu Dhabi and Mexico and Brazil. Uh, so we did Singapore in 2019 as well. We were planning a lot more shows in 2020. Of course, that didn't happen, but we're starting to make those happen now end of this year and then leading into next year so it's not just scaling the one event which we did but it's also scaling around the world multiple events which we're in the process of doing yeah similarly with revision three which is an online video uh company we, we started out really with just one video uh show um yeah. started out with um dignation well actually started out with the broken really um some stuff that kevin rose and alex albrecht were working on added additional shows, raised money, built that into uh, a big network on YouTube. We started before YouTube was a thing. Yeah. And we ended up, you know, uh, hundreds of creators, part of our network uh, about technology and video games and science and travel and adventure and spun off a bunch of different networks. So we had the Revision 3 network. Then we ended up building uh, Animalist Network, which is about animal-oriented content. We ended up doing... Uh, a network around science. Uh, we did a whole YouTube channel on science and science news and a network there, and then followed up with a sort of more adventure channel as well. So all of those businesses, you know, scaled both as startups, but then as part of the larger companies that purchased them. Oh, and which parts of the journey have you enjoyed the most? Uh, yeah. Like you know, I, I think I like every part of the journey. I mean, the startup portion of early on is fun because you're sort of making something out of nothing. And then 
<laughs> once you get into it and start really finding people like what you're doing and yeah, advertisers or sponsors want to pay for it and people want to buy tickets and you kind of get that formula down and then you have to tweak it. So that's really fun. Yeah. Once you bring these companies into larger corporations that purchase you, it's an entirely different set of challenges, but also opportunities because if you do it right, suddenly you've got a part, uh, you know, a corporate parent that wants you to grow and wants you to do a lot of things and wants to really get return on that investment. So that part can be really fun too. Although, you know, there's a lot of difference from when you're a five person startup to when you're part of a 50,000. I don't think any of these companies are 50,000 people. Anyway, a big company. Well, I found probably, what is it? 20, 30,000 employees? No idea. Actually, I shouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. And you said earlier, 75,000 tickets for Viacom in one of the years, sorry, for VidCon. Yeah, 75,000 attendees showed up. So that was, you know, a lot of people walking through the door, four-day festival, industry track where we talk about, you know, weighty industry topics, building businesses on community-led media, community track, which is basically Comic-Con for online video fans, where we bring three or 400 top creators and then our creator track where we teach people to be the next big creators or just to hone their online video skills for their hobby or maybe for their side hustle. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I remember uh, years ago, like working in at Google in the YouTube space and VidCon was like, you see the viral videos of people going crazy for these influencers when like the influencer thing was such a, a, a an, an unusual thing back in, I don't know, what year was that? Maybe. 2014 or 12 or no more earlier than that 2012 or something but and then actually i joined tubular and i went to my first vidcon in anaheim and uh was like it was amazing just being like the how excited fans were about meeting those influencers um yeah how has uh, vidcon been for you over the last years and the changing adapting I, I noticed tiktok is the main sponsor as well this coming year right yeah look about six years ago or so following what the online video industry was going through we started bringing in more of the additional platforms beyond youtube so yeah i mean the history of online video in many ways and i was involved very early on doing shows with online video in like 2002 and 2003 early days of really streaming shows because you could that were, I don't call them TV quality, but you could do them multi-camera switched with a very small group and stream them online to various different places. So, you know, it, 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 YouTube was out there in 2005, 2006, 2007, but video, uh, video podcasts and there were a whole bunch of other companies. I mean, I don't know if you remember any of these, but there was VO, there was, uh, Rever, there was Blip, yeah. there. I mean, I could just go on and on, but you know, around 2008, 2009, it really started to solidify into YouTube, and they were the one. And then yeah. around 2005, we started to see video happen on Facebook and Instagram. Um, certainly, Snap was out there growing, Twitter trying to get into videos, Twitch. So as these platforms started to come out and build real presences, we at VidCon started reaching out to them and trying to get them to come speak and participate and sponsor. And so, you know, was it 2006 or 2016 or 2017? I, mean, I think it was, I think it was 16 when musically came in and musically was a sponsor of VidCon. Yeah. early on. They had their stage in the expo. Hall. Their great pictures of uh, Jojo Sio as an early musically fan um, on the stage of like 12 or 13. Um, 
and the audience going nuts out. Oh. But <clears throat> over time, Facebook and everybody leaned in, all the platforms leaned in. And it only makes sense that as TikTok has become more and bigger, that they'd want to have a bigger presence. So yeah, TikTok is, you know, yes, it's our title sponsor, which is a great thing, but YouTube is still a super strong and, and powerful part of the show. Yeah. As are those other platforms. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think something that I've realized over the years with, you know, the way there was a lot of talk about like fads, like um, I guess Vine, which was, a good <laughs> Excuse me. or maybe they got acquired by Twitter and it just didn't work out that well. But with YouTube, I always thought it's just like this massive entertainment company, which wasn't that like kind of social fad if my friends are on it or not. So I thought that was fascinating. Um, sorry about that. I'm like choking up on my coffee. It's too early here. In the okay. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, love. <laughs> Jim's, Jim's in California. I'm actually in Ireland this week. So I You're in Ireland. Nice. I wish week. I was in yeah. Ireland with you. It's, uh, yeah, it's good. It's it's not that sunny. It's kind of wet outside, but it's good to be back here. But um, yeah, back to uh, the video platforms. I just think YouTube is so big and their earnings actually was yesterday. Um, it's amazing to see the growth. And I actually, I saw an article. Yeah, it was at 84% year in year or something. Uh, the YouTube growth in ads, seven, uh, yeah, seven billion, I think uh, they did quarterly earnings. But there was an article someone shared on LinkedIn overnight of um, Mark Cuban had, had said something back in 2005 when YouTube was being bought. You'd want to be a moron to buy YouTube. <laughs> he got it quite wrong. Yeah, you know what? I I used to cover Mark and Mark was an investor in, revision three uh in revision three and so you know he certainly um you know he has a lot of great opinions some of them like all of us some of yeah. our opinions don't stand the test of time others seem really prescient so he uh he he wins more than he loses a lot more so yeah uh, i can't ding him too much for that one but the interesting thing about youtube i think is in many ways it's kind of old media it's almost 20 years old yeah. It's on television. Television. I was surprised by some of the television numbers, at least in the U.S., that, you know, 150, I can't pull the number right up, but somewhere between 100 and 150 million pe people in the U.S. watch it on their television every month. Yeah. So it is more than just this sort of community-led video upstart. It's yeah. not just an ingrained part of the media landscape. It is a dominant part of the media yeah. landscape. And my hat's off to YouTube. They've built a great business. But... There are always opportunities for other businesses to come in and, and yeah. do things that, that the leader isn't doing as you get really big like that. And then, and we've seen that over the past few years. Yeah, yeah, totally. Cool. All right. And so switching back to the scale piece, a lot of people talk about like people, process and technology. Um, at VidCon, I guess, like uh, or other companies you've been at, what, what have you seen be most important as a kind of all three of those things or one of those things or yeah what's your take on that well i think the people are absolutely of that you know people process and technology to me are the, the people are the most important yeah but when you want to scale to me it's really about leaning into where are you now and where are you going you got to have the right people mm. i mean you gotta you gotta make sure you communicate what you're doing and you gotta make sure you have the right tech to get you there but to me the most important part of scaling a company is to have buy-in alignment and agreement on objectives and where you're going today, tomorrow, three to five years from now, and even 20 years from now or forever. And so one of the things that I've done for the companies that I've taken over or run 
is I always start with a strategic planning process with the core team where we take a look at where do we want to be in 20 years, 30 years? What's our big, huge goal? Yeah. And who are we as a company? Where are we working in? You know, what are those goals and values that we have? And then work back from there too. Well, if this is where we want to be in 20 years, here's one of where we want to be in three to five years. Here's where we want to be this year. Here's what we want to do this year. And here's what we want to do this quarter. And so a lot of people plan like, is what I want. I need to raise more money. I need to have 20 million customers or dollars in revenue or whatever. It's like next year. It's like, that's the wrong way to think about it. You have to start out with that big goal and then work your way back to where you want to be today. So for example, on revision three, when we did this, our big 20 year goal is we want to be a billion dollar media company. Mm. And so, you know, we work back to hear the steps that, that, that here are the two or three things that we need to do this quarter. Here are the five things we need to do this year. Here are where we want to be in three to five years when it comes to product and revenue and other key numbers. And, and, and so we built with that framework in mind and then we adjusted it every year. But in the end, we ended up getting bought by Discovery. And so we were essentially a billion dollar business and we were the digital arm. We were Discovery Digital Networks at that point, which over the last few years, the digital side of Discovery, not just Discovery Digital Networks, but if you think about it, has grown to be a, such a big part of Discovery. So, and then at, at, at VidCon, our goal, big goal was um, to sell, oh God, let's think about this. We wanted to, we wanted to have a million visitors come yeah, a million tickets. We, it was a million tickets sold. It was really a million users, right? And we wanted to have a VidCon in every continent around the world, except <laughs> Antarctica, which, you know, penguins don't have cameras yet. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, those were among our goals. Huh. And as it turns out, we actually did both of those. Just last week, just last week, just last, just earlier this month, we did our first VidCon. It was a digital VidCon because we had to go digital over 2000. It was our first VidCon in Africa. Wow. Once we did that, we'd had VidCons on every continent except Antarctica. Yeah. We also, because we went digital uh, in 2020 during the pandemic, we ended up reaching over a million people with our digital content last year. So, you know, they didn't all pay buy tickets from us. Yeah. But the fact is setting those goals and and adapting and changing to the environment, let us hit those goals in each case. And that's sort of, to me, that's how you scale. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Two great stories. Congratulations. Um, And actually on the VidCon piece, why was the international piece such a focus for the company? Well, because look, Hank and John Green, who started the company, amazing creators, wonderful people, like some of the best people in the world. They saw really early on, like a lot of us did in the online video world, but they really capitalized on it, that if you wanted to build an audience, a community, and you wanted to do video and connect with people, before online video, before the internet, you had to go to New York or London or Sydney or Singapore, one of these other media hubs. Yeah. And you had to work your way up. Somebody had to give that to you. There were these gatekeepers that would put you on TV or in print or on radio. 
And what happened with online video and the internet was that suddenly, anywhere you were in the world, if you were good at making video or good even before that at blogging and writing, you could build an audience. Yeah. You could connect with them. You could build a company. You could build a life. And because the internet allowed you to reach people all around the world and these platforms allowed you to do it without all that infrastructure, you could do it yourself. And so what Hank and John realized is that creativity and the ability to make great video and to engage people and build audiences is actually a skill that's evenly distributed around the world. Yeah. So VidCon is a place to celebrate and put a mirror up to and connect and help push forward this world of community-led media. It was just a natural for us to want to do that all around the world because the creators that need VidCon and want VidCon and the fans that want to be a part of it are all around the world. Yeah. Cool. Great. Great story. Who are, who are the, um, who are the create? I don't even know a lot of the names. I, I'm embarrassed to say of the TikTok creators. Who are some of the people that everyone should know about at the moment on TikTok? Well, there's a lot of them. It depends on what you're into because the great thing about TikTok is that it has so many different talks, right? It's got, you know, the tech side, the DIY side, yeah. everything. but you know, it, it, and again, it comes down to what do you want to watch? What, first of all, what I suggest you do is, is subscribe to my email newsletter on yes. LinkedIn or at VidCon. It's our industry uh, roundup. Yeah. Because I do put it inside the, inside the creator economy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I put in there every week because we, uh, at VidCon, we have a very active Slack and we have people that watch a lot of video and they know yeah. a lot more about the answer to your question of who people should follow than, than I do. Yeah. But we're always posting videos that we like on one of our Slack channels. And so I just tend to go in there and uh, and ask around a little bit too and yeah. say, okay, what are you guys watching? What am I watching? So, you know, it starts with the top, right? So you should know who you should know who uh Addison Ray is, Bella Porch, yeah. you should know who Charlie and Dixie D'Amelio are. Mm -hmm. Um, but there are so many others at such great levels of of quality and they're doing amazing stuff. And there's new ones I run into every single day. Like, yeah. Um, I'm taking a look at some of the sort of more science and tech oriented ones. And it's great to see ASAP Science big there. Yeah, I love uh, those guys. Mitch has done a good job sort of moving into TikTok. It's great to see PBS. Um, Hank Green's there. on. It was big on TikTok as well early on, right? What, what's I that? Think, was Hank Green big on TikTok as he's well? He's still early big. On? You know, he's, he's yeah, big yeah. on TikTok. He's yeah. doing great there. He jumped on earlier, remember? Um, yeah, but then there's like, you know, if you like bees, you can watch the Texas Beekeeper. If you yeah. like other science stuff, there's a ton of people out there that you can watch. Um, so I, I just... The, the, what you should really do if you don't know TikTok is download it. Oh, yeah. yeah run yeah. it every day. Watch video. And what I tell people to do is if you really want to know TikTok, this is my TikTok challenge, download it. Every day, make a video for 30 days, for a month. Just make a video. Nobody's going to watch it, so it doesn't matter how bad yeah. it is. But you'll really get to know the platform. You'll start to see what people are doing. People may yeah. follow you. And that, again, you've got to get into these platforms to understand how they work. Yeah, yeah. Do you, do you eat your own dog food? Have you? Uh, yes, you should go on my channel, my TikTok channel. So I, I live right off the beach here in Northern California. Yeah. And during the lockdown, I, you know, basically I walked the dogs on the beach every, every day, which was great. So I ended up making TikTok videos of the beach. Yeah. So my TikToks are not very good unless you want to see like a little bit of like just first there were 15 seconds and it was like a minute of beach. Yeah, yeah. At various different stages throughout, you know, actually I didn't, I did it longer than a month, but I have a lot of good, you know, yeah, 
a lot of crappy videos up there of uh, just me taking pictures of nature. Yeah. Videos cool. of nature. I think that's great advice, though. Like, I remember being at YouTube and always being like, why the hell doesn't every employee at YouTube have a YouTube channel so they'll be able to sell it so much better? Um, yeah. And I think that with anything, kind of you got to eat your own dog food to really understand it, especially uh, in sales and stuff. People working in sales, you got to you got to experience these things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the nice thing about TikTok is it's much easier. You have to admit yeah. the early days of YouTube, even now, it's a little bit more daunting, right? Yeah. You got to create the video. You got to edit the video. You got to do the thumbnail. You got to do the headline. You got to find the keywords. You got to put it up there. Now, and and the tools are so much better now. Like, remember 2005, 2010, our mobile devices were not that great at shooting video. They were okay. Yeah. And they've come a long way. But the thing that TikTok has really done is they've created all these amazing tools to allow you to cre easily create and quickly edit and post. And they've far surpassed YouTube in that capacity. Yeah. Made it so easy. Like one click, Amazon, buy. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. I yeah. didn't think about that parallel, but you're right. Yeah. And um, with the, so that's like the influencer world. I know at, um, at VidCon, the create, sorry, the industry track, what uh, some businesses that aren't the big platforms, are there any that you're kind of excited about that are, that are going to be at VidCon this year or any companies in general where um, you're kind of excited about that are up and coming? Oh, there's so, there's so many up and coming companies and we do an innovation showcase every year at VidCon where we pick 12 of the Ooh. top startups and bring them in. Um, I'll just a couple of companies I think are doing super cool stuff. So there's Stir, which is doing leaning into the financial stuff. There's Channel Meter, which is doing stuff with Creator Pay. Yeah. There's Pear Pop, which is creating an ability for creators to collab with other creators, but building a financial model behind it, which I think is really cool. Rather than yeah. it just being, who can I persuade to create with me? Um, you know, on the higher end, certainly what Jelly Smack is doing is really interesting. I think leaning into their model for taking video on one platform and then automatically or, you know, intelligently converting it to work on other platforms is really cool. I think, uh, you know, the, there's some of the audio folks that are out there that we're going to see are really interesting. People leaning in on audio. We haven't picked our innovation showcase winners yet, but there's some really cool companies that have come in there. That's cool. Um, there's, oh God, what's their name? There's this company that's doing really cool stuff around audio that's actually Allowing it, it will dynamically change a piece of audio to fit your video. Yeah. Rather than vice versa, which is really cool. Um, I don't know. I could go on and on, but there's a lot of interesting companies supporting, starting up uh, and participating in VidCon that, you know, you may never have heard of, but you're going to walk away and be like, I'm going to use this thing every day. Yeah. Yeah, well, I remember years ago being over there and like Musical.ly, I knew Musical.ly was big anyway, but look what it's ended up turning out to be. It's insane. Exactly. Musical.ly yeah. turned into TikTok. And yeah, you know, we, had the, we had the, you know, Alex and Alex uh, on stage early on on the industry track talking about what they were doing, where they were going. Yeah. And uh, it was actually really fun because they were there and then we had early TikTokers. Uh, we had baby Ariel and uh, Lena and Laura, the... Um, the twins but um oh the german twins the german twins yeah. yeah i saw them on stage yeah yeah yeah. yeah they were both on stage lisa and lena lisa and yeah. lena were both on stage and they had never done a video together they actually did a collab on stage live for the first time ever i think we may have shut down the internet with that one yeah and the what's the instagram founder's name again kevin, kevin system on stage that time that was cool yep yep yeah. kevin was there we've had you know we've, we've had a lot of great you know we continue to yeah. um like uh, as the as the world changes and as the online video world changes, we continue to reflect 
advance and kind of look into the future for what's happening in the world of online video to help people yeah. walk away both with stuff that they can put to work on Monday when they get back in the office, but it'll also help them set their strategy for the next three to five years of yeah. where the industry is going. Cool. That's our goal anyway. I hope um, the U.S. opens up to Europeans again to get over there um, for October. But hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, I hope so, too. We'll see where yeah. it goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, so one other thing I was going to say. Uh, yeah, what we talked about, uh, for, from your perspective, what we talked about companies and everything, um, what else are you, or yeah, what are you most excited about in the online video space currently? So I think what's really interesting in the online video space is as we're moving from platforms to direct connections between creators and their audiences. Mm. Now, some call it Web3, some call it other things. But at its core, you know, look, YouTube, TikTok, Snap, these are all great places to build audiences and communities. But in the end, you as a creator don't own your audience. The platform owns your audience and they make it easy for you to connect to that audience and make video and grow. But the platforms aren't in business to serve creators. The platforms are in business to return equity and capital and, and profit to their investors. So they will do what they need to do to grow the company, not to grow you, the individual creator, unless your interests are aligned. Hmm. What we're seeing is more and more creators are seeing that they need to have that direct connection with the top 1%, 2%, 5%, whatever of their audience. And if they can build those direct connections, they can then profit, monetize, whatever you want directly and not share that revenue, you know, 30% to Apple and this percent to the YouTube and this percent to TikTok and this percent here and there. So that's really interesting watching that develop. So it's from creators building direct consumer brands mm -hmm. to um, tokenization of creators where fans can actually buy tokens of the creators that they love and then share in their growth. Yeah. Uh, so the so the theory goes to uh, venture firms popping up and investing in creators, so that as creators grow, they own a piece of the business. That's cool. Uh, all of these things, to you know, things like Discord, where you can build your own connection with your brand, with your with your creators, uh, own connection with your fans. Get there sooner or later. Uh, and so all of those things, where you know we move from the platform. Look, platform sitting between creators and community is way better than the television model or the older models yeah. where you did it. You had no idea who was out there. So step in the right direction, but being able to connect directly to fans and having the fans not only watch what you do, but have a financial incentive yeah. to help you grow and to benefit from that gets really yeah. interesting. And so we're very early, but I love watching that develop. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I love all that. The financial stuff as well, I'm kind of learning a bit more about, but I think that's fascinating. Um, it's almost like athletes. It's like, how do you, some athletes who are really bad at managing their finances and everything, or celebrities, like how can these creators and influencers create more businesses or manage their wealth over the long term? Fascinating. Uh, one other thing you said there I thought was interesting as well, just thinking back about YouTube, it was kind of like YouTube, first of all, like uh, made big efforts to get the media companies on board. Then the influencers became a big thing. And it's kind of like influencers are like, they're so hot right now. What do you think about media companies on these platforms and working with influencers? Yeah, what's your point of view on that right now? Well, look, I, I think media companies are doing a great job 
now embracing, extending, and expanding on these platforms. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're a tubular. You know who the yeah. top folks yeah. uh, on these media platforms were. Media and it was a variety yeah. of traditional media companies. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, along with the new sort of creators, but the companies they built around them, like, you know, I think about Mr. Yeah. Beast and people like that. So um, I think we're in this transition in media um, where media is also going through its direct-to-consumer moment, right? Yeah, where they're yeah. realizing that they can't just sell to cable networks or sell to newspaper distributors or magazine distributors that they need to have a direct connection with their audience as well. So there are a bunch of media companies that are doing great, including the ones that I've worked for in the past, you know, 10 yeah. years. Um, and there's some that are sort of still flailing around and that's natural. Yeah. But yeah. Um, media companies know how to engage audiences at scale. And that's what all of the online video platforms want. So yeah. the ones that have been able to adapt, take their experience in, in scaling audiences and do them on these new platforms. And so I think it's great to see that transformation. And it's great to see the companies that are coming around on the other side and really building success. Yeah, it's great to see the companies who really leaned in. And I do think Viacom have really leaned in because it was the younger audiences. And yeah, and and have amazing events like VidCon. So yeah, it is interesting with uh, some of the media companies who really leaned into it versus resisted it. Yeah, I mean, so, look, Viacom CBS is doing a great job. You look at what Disney is doing, they're doing yeah. a really good job. Um, you know, obviously Netflix is more old media than new media. Amazon's so many things, but Amazon feels almost like that cross between old and new media as well. Yeah. So new upstarts, yeah. but older yeah. companies that have been able to successfully pivot and embrace this new world. And those are the ones that are going to be successful in this world of media going direct to consumers versus a multi-layer distribution model. Yeah, yeah. And all of that, like digital budgets moving online and everything, like you mentioning Amazon, Amazon is becoming some massive player in the ad space as well. And and I, I do think a, a plug for me, moving to my new role actually with the company Precise TV, contextual targeting totally. is really emerging now as well with like uh, no longer cookies and everything. So fascinating times. Yeah, exactly. And, and looking at how do you know your audience well enough to serve them, but also able to protect their anonymity was a really interesting challenge. Yeah. The other company that I'm amazed by, and I've followed these guys since they released their first product in 2000, 1999. Who is it, Jim? Uh, uh, the Roku guys. So oh, Roku yeah. is now an amazing, like they're doing tons of stuff on advertising. But remember, yeah. I mean, I, I say that they haven't been around that long uh, since 2000, but Anthony White, who started the company. Started actually, in Netflix, right? What? It started in Netflix, I think, the company. Initially. Right. Well, but the thing is that he started a company called Replay in 99, 2000, which was one of the first two digital video recorders released at CES. And I think it was 99. Oh. Uh, it was TiVo and Replay. And yeah. that was back when I was reviewing product uh, and running the labs and content at Tech TV. I reviewed both of them. And I actually liked Replay better than TiVo from a technology perspective. But yeah, TiVo was a better consumer experience, so it's actually the one that took off. Yeah, but um, you know, it was Anthony like Anthony Wood. It was Anthony Wood is his name. Sorry, the CEO, and you know, he was building. He was a leader in transformation of video, even back in 1999. Yeah, and I couldn't be happier that such a pioneer found success and built Roku, and now Roku is this huge juggernaut. Yeah. 
Oh, but I just think like what we were talking about earlier with, I think, you know, where we were talking about YouTube's consumption on TVs and Roku's as well that like advertisers are willing to spend more for like adverts on the big screen um and connected tv is just going through a stage right now that's going to be some crazy growth yeah is my feeling yeah and look um let's look at youtube with all the viewing that's going on on television there was this really funny story that came out like a month ago uh, a few weeks ago that was like oh according to this data TikTok viewership is as big as YouTube. And I'm like, no, like you're just looking at Android device data in the United States. And sure, viewing time might be equal on Android, but what about those hundreds of millions of people that are watching on television or on other devices? So it's, it's, YouTube's done a great job getting on television. Yeah, cool. All right, final question for me. What are you most proud of um, in your career? The thing I'm most proud of in my career is building companies that have allowed so many amazing people to learn, grow, connect with each other, build experiences, and continue to have great careers. I mean, I think back to Revision 3 where, you know, we started, we had a lot of people in their early 20s at Revision 3, and, you know, a lot of us who were a little older, but we all learn from that and built it but also we had like four weddings and a bunch of births and other things and so when you build a company it's great to return a profit it's great to scale it it's great to do all that stuff but in the end and this ties back to your first question of like why i think people are the most important thing mm. if you build a place where people can learn grow have fun connect with each other build lifelong friendships when I walked away from Revision 3 and, you know, when I eventually walk away from VidCon, those are the things that are going to be that most important to me and that I'll find most valuable and that I'll be most proud of. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. People, people, people. Jim, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, yeah. Inside the creator economy, make sure you sign up, maybe see you at VidCon, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, Jim, thank you so much. I don't think there's anyone else I could have had on the podcast who knows more about online video in this space. So thank you so much. Thank you, Dennis. And uh, looking forward to listening and hearing more from you and um, checking out your next adventure on your career too. So congrats on that. Well, thank you, Jim. Yep. Have a good day. Bye. See you later. Bye.